Welcome to another episode of the People Over Perks podcast by Leapsum, where we go behind the scenes with HR and people operations leaders to uncover how they're building a high-performance culture in their company. In today's episode, I speak with Ulrika Schaderberg, the Head of People and Global Executive Recruitment at Cherry Ventures. I talk to Ulrika about how she balances the different parts of her role and how she supports the early stage startups from the Cherry Ventures portfolio, and much, much more. Enjoy the conversation. So, Ulrika, thank you for joining us. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And, uh, and so, where, whereabouts in the world are you right now? I am sitting in um, our Cherry office here in Berlin on Linienstraße, so I'm broadcasting out of a Risikogebiet. Uh, so I'm, I'm sitting in, 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 in Mitte. Oh. Okay, nice. Excellent. And, um, and so you are the, the head of people and, uh, and global executive recruitment at Cherry. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about Cherry Ventures and, uh, and how do you describe your role there? Yep. So um, Cherry Ventures is um, a Berlin-based but European-wide investing seed stage fund. So um, our our sweet spot is seed stage, meaning um, we invest in founders that have no numbers, no traction, uh, just great potential and a great idea. And we are usually among the first first investors and. Um, that's um, basically our business. And then we uh, support and grow and uh, build sustainable companies with them, which turn into uh, unicorns, hopefully, within the next five or 10 years. Excellent. This is uh, what Cherry Ventures does. And uh, what do I do? Um, so I am everything people. <laughs> so I'm in, uh, in charge for everything that's um, for our organization. So for Cherry, Cherry directly. And it's as little as uh, all the people related admin stuff um, over to recruitment, cultural, um, cultural aspects, um, leadership topics. So it's um, all in one. And then I also work with our portfolio with our founders. Yeah, interesting. And so I, I think that's um, super interesting for um, for your role specifically that obviously you get to do the internal side with Cherry and also um, support your portfolio. Um, and I'd love to, to come back to that. Yeah. Um, but uh, to, to begin with, it would be great if you could take us back to the start a little bit. So how did you, how and why did you get into HR to begin with? Yeah. So actually, um, there is no no glory, uh, fame, glory story behind. So it was actually by accident because I actually started to study to become a teacher, at, um, an English and a history teacher. But uh, loving that in uh, high school and actually studying to become a teacher is totally different. So um, after four semester, after the the German four diploma, I decided that's not the route I wanna wanna go because you can only be a teacher. There's no no left and right, so to say. And um, then I decided to, you know, for, for a new uh, bachelor's program. And in between, I had a bit of time. And then I was just curious to see what's out there. And I ended up doing um, an internship in, in the field of HR and the field of recruitment with, um, back then it was Daimler, Daimler Chrysler, which is now just Daimler. And this was um, my first, let's say, uh, tap into to the role. And then um, I did an, another few internships throughout all my studies, but I always ended up in HR. And uh, I just liked it the most because um, I am I'm very curious. So I, you know, if I learn, I like the process of learning and not not so much the result that I actually know something new, and that we, <laughs> and that really helps with uh, with HR. So there was a lot to explore, a lot to, you know, ask. So many people around, and um, that's how how it all started. Interesting, cool. Thanks for sharing that. And um, and so um, r- remind me again, how how large is Cherry as an organization right now in terms of headcount? 
Um, a total headcount, we are 19 people with um, one person uh, being uh, at the MIT doing an MBA at the moment and the other one being on maternity leave. So we are uh, 17 active. Okay, great. And, um, and so, I mean, your, your early, um, uh, some of the early roles you had in your career were at KPMG and Zalando. Yeah. Uh, obviously, KPMG being one of the you know the top four um, you know consulting firms, and Zalando being one of Europe's largest employers um, yeah. on the tech side. And so, um, when it comes to headcount, obviously uh, very very different organisations. Um, what would you say are the biggest learnings that you took away from those experiences that you could apply to Cherry? And what are some of the things that you had to you know perhaps relearn along the way? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question because. Um, the two organizations I worked for before, they're like left and right. Yeah, it's like day and night. It's completely different. Um, but what I learned at KPMG and that um, was with me through all of my, my career um, was uh, definitely processes. So KPMG is a machine when it comes to processes. I mean, they also sell um, shared service centers to, to other companies. So um, you have a process for everything and even uh, HR is structured by processes. So here, I mean, when you are in that machine, you sometimes hate it <laughs> because it's, everything is broken down. But um, you know, after you know taking taking a broader view on it, it really helps to have clear responsibilities and to um, to grow based on stable processes, and um, it also avoids mistakes and it makes you makes you much faster. And you can always um, look back and say, okay, this is this happened because of this and that, and this is why we need to change it. So um, this was something I I learned and um, the hard way <laughs> because I'm. You know, something that, that I could then embrace at Zalando. I'm, I'm also somebody that actually doesn't like to follow processes. So I always try to find my way around, knowing that, you know, the, the, the process needs to, needs to stay. But business comes first. And if you have to take a small detour, then we, then we try to find a detour. And so this is something I, I learned at KPMG, which, which I think is, is, is really valuable. And something I also learned, which is um, uh, something I could apply later on, is if you have too many interfaces, things slow down. <laughs> so it's uh, sometimes it's good to pool responsibility in one person and um, don't split up too much. And um, if you split up too much, then responsibility and ownership gets lost along the way. Yeah, then always somebody else thinks the other person is taking care of it. And um, this actually really helped to then step into Zalando where there were no, I mean, there were, when I started, there were already was an HR department. They were doing, you know, for, for the stage here, right? They were doing great HR work. But of course, there was a lot to be, to be built because we were like hyper growing. And uh, here um, it was good to always have the fallback of saying, okay, we, we have clear processes. We know how it works responsibility is within the person so then that, that really helped um and what have i learned at Zalando, which i could take over now a lot a lot a lot a lot <laughs> so i i stayed there six six years and i started at Zalando when the company was about two thousand um people and roughly two warehouses and i left after the IPO, after Zalando um, had 16 countries opened up and had roughly 11,000 people, so wow. um, there was a <laughs> there was a lot of growth. And um, when it comes when it comes down to 
what I said before, responsibility here, I learned a lot. So if you see something, you said this needs to be done, it's not somebody doing it, you do it. And then you can really have an impact and change things. And you also learn, learn a lot along the way. Because some things work and some things don't work. And you can also be thankful, thankful for the things that don't work because they also teach you a lot. So um, this is actually um, something I learned, learned there. Interesting. Yeah, and at the end, um, of course, Zalano became more, uh, I mean, bigger and bigger, and there were more stakeholders involved. So um, here the learnings were, were also that if there are too many people involved, uh, you slow down. Yes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and were, were there things that when, um, when you started your role at Cherry, you thought to yourself, oh, I could just drag and drop what I have learned at Zalando into Cherry, and then yeah. realize that actually that just didn't work at all in the new environment? Um, you mean things that um, did not work here because of, of uh, size and business model because we are so different? Yeah. Um, so um, the majority of, of learnings that did not work were actually uh, due, to, due to size. And um, we are a partnership. Yeah. So our, our partners, they've started, started Cherry in their, I mean, for them, it's their, you know, flesh and blood, <laughs> as you say in, in German, your, your flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are still involved a lot and they are, you know, take a lot of things really seriously where I would say, okay, this is, you know, not management topic anymore, but because they, you know, they believe that they need to be involved um, and it's in, in, in management should should not delegate things that they believe it's too too small. So um, here we we had some some topics where we said, okay, this um, I tried to do stuff that was a bit too corporate for our side for mm-hmm. our for our size. Yeah. yeah. So when 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 we had something we wanted to um, to change and or not to change but to start like saying hey we need to um, draft our our values again and then I was you know in my corporate HR style saying okay we need a storyline <laughs> you know uh, we need to talk to these people first and da 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 and they they said okay there are no hierarchies don't need that we will just talk to the people. At the coffee machine so um this is uh, what what was different yeah I, I can imagine i can imagine that uh yeah as you say when there's a process for everything and you uh you want to um, apply that and uh, yeah. and realizing that as you say the the coffee machine also j- just does the job <laughs> yeah it does the job yeah and yeah. then there's also something that's really unique to to vc to venture capital is that um relationship building is really important and your network is really important so from the outside sometimes the, the whole business seems to be very close so it's kind of hard to sneak in and to you know not not a, not a lot of people know how it actually works and um so we always have to watch our relationships and our network yeah so um there you cannot burn bridges um because you might need them sooner or later so that's that's something we need to we need to um always have in the back of our head yeah absolutely interesting and then um so with uh with your career um would you consider yourself a a generalist or would you say that you have a, a specialty in a certain area yeah i mean um overall i'm I'm becoming more and more of a generalist, although there are aspects of HR which I've just touched. Yeah, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say I can develop like um, leadership learning journey from beginning to end. Yeah, so I've you know as a business partner activated and driven those topics, but I had a great um, center of expertise behind me who were then you know doing all the 
little tricks in, 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 uh, in, in actually the concepts. But um, so I'm a generalist, but I do have a specialty and this or something I, I uh, see myself standing for and then also get feedback that a lot and that is um, clarity. So I'm, I like to have lean processes. I like to do clear communication, which also involves um, honesty, which sometimes hurts. Yeah, because if you, you know, I'm also a, a big fan of, of regular feedback and um, it, it helps you grow. At the beginning, you don't, you know, you, you don't want to hear it. And I feel that my, my, myself the same way. <laughs> so I also, you know, when, when somebody's giving me feedback, I'm blushing. I'm like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed. But then I walk away and I'm like, oh my God. Thank God that person told me, and now I can finally change it. Um, so that's one thing. And then I have um, I have a coaching degree, and uh, which which means I, I like to do um, a lot of discussion and a lot of uh, let's say relationship building and a lot of convincing through one on one talks. Yeah, I'm, that's that's also something um, that I would say is, is a special specialty of mine. Okay. Yeah, it's not super special. I, I believe a lot of HR people have that too, but this is um, how I can describe myself. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's really interesting. And um, and so um, you, you mentioned you're in Berlin, in in Germany right now, um, and obviously, um, you know, a topic that's on everybody's mind you know, yeah. uh, uh, is uh, is the whole COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, how has that changed? Um, your work set up at Cherry and you know what is the current situation like I, I know you're in the office right now for yeah. example um, but uh, yeah how, how how does it look like for you with the yeah. pandemic at the moment? Um, so for for Cherry itself so for our fund um, it, let's say we became from I mean we, we were remote friendly before because our investment team is all over Europe meeting founders meeting other VCs joining panels um, joining meetups so they have been out and about a lot and they now travel less so we moved them into um, so they're not all headquartered in Berlin anymore and then travel to the locations they now relocated the areas they they work in yeah so we have people on the ground in paris on the ground in london so there's a lot a lot less travel and um for for the berlin team um we said we we change into um we change into a hybrid model because at the moment um also from from a security side we as, as a company we don't want to force anybody who doesn't feel safe into into uh, the firm and especially if you look outside, you know, with the weather, then they all have to take the subway and, you know, you never know. And like I said, we are in the middle of, of Berlin Mitte. So I rather have the people sitting at home being safe. And um, so everybody can decide if they want to work in the office or, or at home. Yeah. Um, so this has actually this has actually changed. So we were a bit more office office centric before, and we now moved moved into the new um, new setup. So this has this has actually changed for Cherry. And now I forgot the second question. I'm sorry. No, no, that, that's great. <laughs> so um, I, I'm I'm wondering as well if um, do you have uh, certain measures in place in the office to keep to keep people safe? Of course, of course. I mean, our, our office manager was really. Uh, you know, all over it. She even removed, um, you know, when you want to open uh, the cupboard to get a cup, she even removed the doors. <laughs> you oh, don't wow. have to touch it anymore. You can just yeah. take it out. And at the beginning, it was a bit weird. We were all looking like, okay, so what's going on here? But of course, we, we are handshake free and um, everybody in the office has to wear a mask. And we also ask um, all 
um, meetings um, that come into wear and to wear a mask. So we tell them before, so nobody can say, oh, I haven't heard of it. We have masks here. So if you forgot yours, you can, you can have ours. And, um, you know, we have stocked up cleaning and all of that. So basically what, what the majority is, is, is doing out there. And we prefer, of course, we prefer uh, virtual meetings, which is also um, in line with our strategy for our employees that we say, okay, so we are remote first. That means that um, we do meetings virtually. So everybody has the same um how do you say prerequisite? Yeah. So it's not that our five people in the office and that poor guy on the screen needs to somehow <laughs> make his way into the meeting. So yeah. everybody is everybody is on the screen. So you have you everybody has the same um, prerequisites. Yeah, so this, creating this that, that experience um, being remote first is obviously uh, yeah something that everybody's having to uh, to learn to adapt to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's challenging. Interesting. And um. So, so jumping back then to to your team at Cherry, um, yep. how how is the HR team structured, or, or the people team, as you you might refer to it? Yeah. yeah. So um, there are some clear HR topics and processes which my people team takes takes care of, and and the people team is really small, so it's myself and um, my colleague. I have I have a colleague supporting me, basically only um, uh, taking over all the majority of the recruitment topics, but um, I have um, a great um, we call it strategic resources team around me, um, which also support with topics that would be purely HR and other companies. Yeah, so our executive assistant or office management does um, uh, does take care of some some stuff like um, helping with team events and and all of that. So that's that's with them. So uh, and then also with um, our platform uh, manager, she does she does some stuff that would um, in other companies be with HR and also vice versa. So when we talk about building resources for founders, um, like setting up webinars and so on and so forth, this is sometimes done by platform, sometimes done by myself. So um, there is, you know, a bit of, you know, fluid. It's a bit fluid. I see. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that makes sense. And um, and who do you report to? Um, well, <laughs> that's also interesting because we, you know, with seventeen people and no clear hierarchies, um, I I have a let's say a clear reporting line on paper, and that's our CFO. But it really depends on a topic. With some topics, um, like with our values, for example, I work with uh, one partner. With some recruitment topics, I work with another partner. So I basically work with everybody. And this is also reflected in our performance review. So every so we do performance review twice um, twice a year. And then I um, it's usually uh, two different partners every time. So I get a lot of feedback from different people. Okay. Okay. Great. And um and so you've been with the business for two years now, is, yeah. that, is that right? Yeah, and, definitely. Um, yeah, and uh, and so like throughout that time, how how do you measure your success in your role? Yeah. So um, I mean, I can I can um talk about how I would measure it for 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 Cherry for us as a fund and also for myself. Um, so there are some clear KPIs for Cherry. And I mean, the, the most obvious one is hirings we have done, which, you know, covers the executive hiring side. So we um, we look at all the all the positions we, we can fill or we could could fill our um, portfolio with. So this is this is pretty clear. And we do have some KPIs and they are 
measured by by impact roles. So um, there, of course, the, the the numbers for sea level hires are a bit lower than for let's say juniors or other other hires we have facilitated. So um, here I do have some KPIs, and then um, for for the rest, it's um, well, you could you could say it's employee happiness. So it's um, attrition rate, how fast we hire, um, how fast or slow we lose people, um, how we tackle topics, and how um, proud everybody is to, to work here. Um, also looking at development of people, what we have done, projects we have fulfilled. So this is, this is rather soft, but it's, it's along the, the HR value chain. Okay. And that makes sense. And so, um, so it's a really that you've just covered like that your two separate sides of, of your role. So there's the uh, the head of people side and yep. the, uh, the the recruitment side. Yeah. Um, and so, um, how like you know on your average week, perhaps like how are you splitting your time, or and do you consider them two very separate roles, or how do you yep. think about that blend? It's actually it is two separate roles. So I have two two different hats. Uh, so actually, so I have the cherry hat, I have the portfolio hat, and then there is you know is it recruitment or is it rest, which is um, you know uh, head of HR. Um, so how do I mean? There is of course there is no average week, but it's like I like I said um, since my my colleague supports on the recruitment side, I do the overall steer, steering. So um, I set up the strategy and then. I um, work with her on um, recruitment channels, on recruitment automation, on tooling, and also work on um, resource building uh, for founders when it comes to recruitment, like, um, you know, the last resources or last white papers we, we, we wrote was about how to draft um, a role description and all for, for, for all the Germans, uh, the hiccups around the um, the Allgemeines Gleichbehandlungsgesetz around the uh, AGG. <laughs> so, <laughs> traps you can tap into. And um, But my colleague actually does the day-to-day the -day recruitment work. And what, what I do, I have a lot of calls with executives that come in from our network and um, I elaborate what, what we have, um, if there are any roles. Um, within our portfolio where they could fit I you know talk to them what, what they're looking for so it's it's actually what do you call it like talent pipeline management for for the executive side and I do um, have like a network or a curated list of um, headhunters and interims manager um, I I talk to and I you know select and this is there's also some some work involved so I meet meet a lot of them, talk to them, see what they do, see if they can help or not help. So this is the recruitment side. And, and what, are, what are the biggest challenges that you're seeing at the moment with regards to the recruiting side? Um, the biggest challenges I see with the recruitment side. I mean, when COVID started, the talent market has a bit collapsed. Mm -hmm. um, but since, I mean, especially for Berlin, since it was so heated up, it, it actually felt, it feels, I mean, for, for me, it, also, it, it feels, it feels good. It, it feels like, okay, we are, you know, getting a bit grounded now also when it comes to, you know, expectations and salaries. And, um, so this, this happened, but I could also see that senior talent and, um, like specialists for them, it has really changed. So it's still hard to hire great product managers. And uh, so, so, so that, is, that is good. And then it has recovered really fast. So um, I would say the challenges and the challenges for recruitment I see at the moment are, are not as 
different as they have been before. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's how I would describe it. At least for us, yeah. For I know for the people looking for jobs, it's different. But for us, as a you know, as, as somebody hiring, um, the challenges yeah stay the same. Can you go to bed? And um, and so so the um the, the recruitment side is obviously one of the the, the ways that you support your portfolio yeah. companies. Um, can you give us an overview of some of the the many other ways that that Cherry? Um, as an organization, yep. support your, your portfolio. Yeah, of course. So um, I, I actually call myself the HR the HR hotline for everything. So there is no speciality where we can not help. And if I don't have the answer, I usually find somebody that has the answer. And um, but maybe it, I can describe how we how we work with founders, and then it goes goes along. So as soon as we have in, um, as we have invested, um, I have um, an HR onboarding with our founders and they uh, talk to me where they stand and you know talk to me about the, the first year roadmap or milestone planning and then we start thinking about okay so what kind of organization are they uh, you know looking to build is it international is it German um, what's the you know language like because this has all implications on hiring and so on and so forth and um then we also say okay so look at a hiring stay they want to make and um, then we you know, have the first, let's say, working package for us, because uh, then we support we support them with, with hiring. That can be uh, seniors they need, but it can also be, okay, we need five marketing managers on the ground. We have no idea where to find them and, and then how. Yeah, so then we, we have a talent pool. We tell them, okay, this is an ATS system you need or you don't need. This is how you set up a recruitment process. Um, this is, you know, the uh, contract templates you need to have in place. So we have like an HR starter kit. We can just, you know, push across the table and say okay now you can you know you can start this is how where and you know what you need to do and um then my, my colleague starts with the with the operational work um depending on on what they're looking for it can be can be linkedin research can be looking in our put in our talent pool can be um you know starting with job descriptions and so on and so forth and then we just you know um stay in contact a lot at the beginning because then you know topics like okay should we offer ESOP and FOSOP how does it work how do we split do you have salary benchmarks you know this like all those questions that are coming in so I talked to them quite a lot at the beginning and uh, since it's only me and we have more and more founders (laughs) since we do more and more investments I also try to leverage our um, uh, our founders network and the broader network we have and the expertise in my team so um what we do is if they if, if, if I get a question like how do I split up my ESO pool, I, I usually have two or three other founders I can connect them to and say, okay, they've done it really well. Talk to them. You know, me, I'm talking like the, you know, the blind of color, as you would say. We are blinder for their father. <laughs> so I make a lot of connections. And if I see that I get a question asked ask two or three times, I just write like blog posts, like like a blog post about it. It's a it's a Google, it's, you know, it's it's super quick and dirty. It's a Google sheet, and then I can send it out again. It's like okay, so how do I, you know, uh, convince somebody on the phone to work for me? And then I give some tips, write it down, and then I can send it out again and again and again. And um, so this is this is actually what we do at the beginning. Questions are really. Um, the same over and over, but then it really depends on, you know, is, is it a serial founder? Is it a founding team? Is it German-based? Is it international? So questions are, can be completely different. Um, 
and then um, we help them usually through the first six months, and then um, then they they build up their business, and then when the series um, A on B is coming, we do follow-on investments, follow-on investments, but other VCs also um, start investing, and then they you know work also work with other HR teams, and then I I'm, I'm less involved. And then um, later on, when um, C-level hires are needed, we also try to support with the C-level hiring. That makes sense. And um, and then uh, at what point do you typically see your portfolio companies hire their first internal HR person? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and what, what, what typically do you advise them uh, in terms of the skill sets that they should be looking for for that person? Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, you probably can already guess my answer that I like them to have um, an, an HR person as soon as possible, like right at the beginning. And it can also be somebody that grows with the company. And it can also be somebody that, that helps with other topics as well, with like office management or, um, I don't know, contracts and so on and so forth. So you don't need like a full-fledged head of HR right at the beginning. But um, for founders, I'm... It's like a vicious circle. Yeah, you need to hire, you need to do value-based hiring. This takes some time as a founder. When do you, I mean, screen, I mean, you get, you, you reach out to LinkedIn or you, you, you find time to actually post that job description. But um, then, you know, you know, you need to screen the CVs. You need to make all those interviews, you know, like actually, you know, I can do Monday. Oh, no, I can't. But then you also need to build your business. Yes. So it's like my question is, when do you, when do you plan to do this? Like at four at night? So, um, I try to, um, you know, talk a bit of, you know, what what the, what the benefits of uh, somebody being in charge for for HR can be, and it's also about what I said before: it's the value based hiring. You have somebody that can actually build good interviews with you, can uh, build a good um, um, recruiting process with you that is valuable for the next five or ten years. So. Um, that's why I hope <laughs> the majority goes with somebody uh, for HR early and um, or with a clear responsibility. Yeah, we do have companies where where the, um, let's say the expansion manager is doing it or where the growth uh, hacker is doing it, but there needs to be clear responsibility and not, okay, we all, all five founders will do it somehow. Yeah, I mean, um, so this is um, what, I, what I would say. And... Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, and so and then flipping that question as well. Mm. If um if I'm uh, an HR or, or people operations professional and I'm thinking that maybe um you know becoming the first uh, first HR hire within mm. a, a reasonably early stage startup is um, something that I'm interested in. What what would your advice be for me in terms of then uh, you know evaluating whether it is the right thing that I should pursue and uh, yeah. and what would, what advice would you have for me to um, land a position? Yeah. Um, well, how do you find out if it's the right thing for you to do? I mean, if you really start, if you if you really enjoy building things up from scratch and get your hands dirty, yeah, and get your hands dirty, I mean, you need to, you know, buy the paper for the contract. Yeah. So um, then, um, then this this will be will be good, and the 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 HR person will be super close with the founders mm-hmm. and this means you um also can 
I mean, you, how, how do I describe this best? You're, you're a vital part of actually building the culture and, and building the company for the next years because you, um, you discuss strategies, you discuss profiles, um, you discuss team setups, you discuss organizational structure. Because um, if as soon as there is somebody with, you know, the HR head in the room, they will all look at you, you know, <laughs> if, if, if there's a question like, um, so is, do we do English now or German? So what's best? So they look at you. So what do you advise? <laughs> so you, you, I mean, on the other side, if, if you find the right setup and if you find the right founders um, that trust you, you, you are part of the majority of meetings. Yeah, so you you get a lot of insights and you learn so much also from the business and commercial side. So this is um, this is actually the, the thoughts I would have to think about would that the right would that be the right job? Yeah, and then I mean there is that oh, that HR thing everybody says and it gets boring. But you I mean you don't pick the job you pick the people you work with and then and then this is something I would I would um, really pay attention. Yeah, I mean, first of all, do I like the product? Can you know? Do I like what the what the company will build? But can I work with the founders? Are they inspirational? Um, can I trust them? Do I think I can, you know they will trust me? Um, is that somebody I have fun working with? So um, this is what I would actually look for. And then it's a bit of an investment. Yeah, so you may not learn, you may not earn as much as you would with Zalando, um, but you learn so much. So yeah. it's an, it's definitely an investment in, in your career. And then, you know, once you put the, the next unicorn, you also have a big, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, lots of valuable experience in there. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And then, um, and would you say that there are any, uh, like, really common mistakes that you see, like, your, not, not necessarily your, port your portfolio, but just, like, the earlier stage startups making again and again that you have yeah. to help them navigate? Um, uh, yes, but that's not, not just true for, for early stage founders. Um, at the beginning, I mean, as, as, as a founder or as a manager or as a leader, you, you have to make trade-off decisions all day. Yeah. There is always like, do I join the management meeting or go, do I go for lunch with one of my team leads or do I watch, you know, numbers for business? So you always have to make trade-off decisions. And, um, and therefore, um, especially at the beginning when there is a lot of speed and a lot of pressure, there are some, there are hiring mistakes happening. Mm -hmm. And this is the first, I would say, uh, I don't want to say mistake, but this is something I see a lot that you um, hire um, somebody um, that doesn't really fit but is available and meets your budget or um, meets your budget. Um, and then you find out, mm, yeah, it's, it doesn't really fit. And then the second problem comes in. Then you say, okay, he is better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, even though that person is only 80%, I will not let him go. And then, you know, it goes down. <laughs> and then it's only 50%. And then it's like, oh, we passed the probation period. What do we do? Of course, the person also can see and feel that. Yeah. So you have somebody disappointed on the other side, but, you know, dreams were so big. And, um, and then how, what do we do now? How do we, you know, how do we manage? Yeah. So how do we tell him, you know, employee number five, that he was a wrong hire? Mm -hmm. So what do the others think? Yeah. So it's, um, there's a, you know, whole <laughs> issue around and this, this I see a lot. So I do, I do a lot of personal um, coaching with founders that have to have, um, that have to do that tough talk. 
Yeah, and it, it's not necessarily uh, saying um, we don't see you in this company anymore, but well, you're not our CTO. You are our best senior developer, but you're not the CTO. Yeah, and this is, um, yeah, and, this is hard. And what does that coaching conversation look like? Do you role play that conversation with the founders or you know, how do you guide them through that? Uh, there too. <laughs> so if it's necessary, there too. But I mean, we... We do invest in, 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 in strong people, strong and smart people. So um, they, um, that they're that they usually good in, but it's, I mean, first of all, it's all the legals and what can we do? But then it's really like, okay, so how do I phrase that? Um, how, you know, what is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically mir mirroring the other side. I'm like, I'm, I'm usually either the employee or the team or the investors. So I'm like, okay, so what would your team say if you would deliver that message? And then it's like, hmm, they would probably think that's the right step. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> yeah. So, and then um, I'm, I'm, I'm being the other person. I'm like, okay, so imagine we are in a conversation now. Um, what would be important for me? Why do you think I did this and that? What what would I what would I need? And and so on and so forth. So we're we're looking from a lot of different angles and really thinking about the situation. And then I can I can help or you know um, help the founders with experiences from from tough conversations. Yeah. So saying okay, you you know. I mean, what I always say, okay, the message is clear, so you need to be strong with the message, but it's how you deliver it, yeah? You can you can go out, I mean, out of that meeting and say, oh my God, I, you know, just heard that I've been downgraded, but we had such a good conversation. I really understood why the relationship isn't broken. Of course, I don't like it, <laughs> yeah? And I'm a bit furious at the moment, but I haven't lost my face, yeah? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm still I'm still okay. So I've been respected. I understood everything has been clear. So um, that's actually the outcome you want to have. And this is how we somehow you know try to develop how that conversation goes. Okay, that makes sense. And um, and you, you mentioned that uh, you know you have your sort of like playbook as such for the first six months that you yeah. were able to give every every uh, portfolio company. Um, are there any like trainings or anything that you like absolutely insist on or even just recommend that everybody yeah. goes through? You mean from our founders? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, actually, no, we have nothing where we say, okay, we insist on because we, we do believe that, I mean, at the point we invest, we, we do believe in those people. And um, what, we, what we do is we try to give them a family of founders and experience. So um, what we have is we have, um, we call it the, the, the founders offsite. So we, we bring all founders together so they um, know about the other superpowers and then uh, and, and also start building relations and then actually work with work among themselves. So um, this is one thing. And then um, we also offer um, learning sessions on the go when it's, let's say, when the topic is important. Like when, when COVID started, we did a lot on Kurzarbeit and on, on all of that. So, and then here we say, okay, it's important for you. I think I want you to join. Yeah, so this is, um, this is actually what we do. But since um, founders are so different, um, there is no like one size fits all. And no, uh, how do you say, no geese kind of, <laughs> no, um, where we say, okay, we, you all need to do this and that yes, um, yeah. at the moment. So we really try to um, 
I mean, one of our values is founders first. So we really try to to take a look at um, at them and what they need in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I usually we also usually ask. So where do you stand? What do you think is best now? How can we support versus um, being a bit? Um, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't say. Okay, I think you need to do the leadership training now. <laughs> so. Makes sense, and uh, and then switching back to your um, your you know, the people side of things mm-hmm. within Cherry, um, what is the like? What does a typical HR calendar look like for you? What are the processes that your team is responsible for, and yeah. um, you know, what, what do you what do you run? How how frequently do you run them? Yeah, so um, I mean, we do a yearly um, strategy. Um, so these are the topics we want to tackle this year. Um, this is where we want to become better at. And, and so on and so forth. So this is on the on the yearly basis. And then twice per year we run um, the performance review, which we do, you know, which we do with Leapsum. So this is um, twice per year. And then in the in the meantime, let's say so we do we do as uh, we do performance review um, June and December, and then March and October we we either do uh, a bottom up feedback. So our our partners get feedback from from the team. And uh, in, 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 in March, we take a look at the organization itself. I, I run a quick survey saying um, sometimes it's, it's connected to our, um, to our performance evaluation. We ask, okay, so where are we good in? What needs to be improved? Where do you, you know, need help with? Where do you see our, our organization needs to develop towards to? So this is, you know, the yearly, the yearly plan. And like I said, um, I think I did say it. Um, we do performance evaluation, and then on a monthly basis, I I mean I have to payroll, so this is most important for my team. Yeah. So this I run every month, and um, on and uh, we also have um, I mean this is new. This is after homecoming uh, after. COVID came in, we have a monthly, a monthly homecoming where we say, okay, we'd like to, you know, if it's safe and numbers are okay and, you know, people feel safe, um, we have everybody coming into, into the office because we said we, we don't have those spontaneous water cooler talks anymore since we are such a distributed team. So we have everybody coming in and have some focused and dedicated team time. And um, the other three weeks where we don't see each other every month, um, we try to have virtual virtual team stuff. Yeah, it can be like a team trivia or can be an escape room game, a virtual, but can also be a value deep dive or um, last thing we have done was um, a readme. You may know the manager readme, so you know, where all the managers like draft out how they work and, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And we have done this for each of uh, our team members, but a bit more personal. So they share their life stories and how they became um, the person they are at the moment. And um, they've had some pictures of their childhood. So, um, and then um, we will do a, a trivia based on that too. So I will show pictures of title pictures of my team and then they need to guess <laughs> who it is nice. and uh, so this is what we do on a on a monthly basis and on a weekly basis I have like you know most probably everybody else I have uh, Joe fixes with my team with um, uh, the broader team with the partners mm-hmm. um, just to you know be on top of things and and, and work and and do you have frequent one-on-ones with uh, with everyone as well 
it's not about everyone because then I wouldn't wouldn't be able to work anymore. But I have I have frequent one on ones with um, my colleagues, so with the HR team. Um, so we have we have Monday and then we have a check in on Wednesday, and then I have a frequent one on one with our CFO and then we add with um, one other partner based on the topic. And then if it's necessary, I also join uh, the management meetings. Okay, excellent. Um, and uh, and so for um, HR professionals um, on the outside yep. into Cherry, um, is there anything that you think is particularly like unique about the the way that you work or the structures that you put in place, or what would be most surprising for for somebody learning about the work that you do? Um, most, I mean, I can I can share what was most surprising to me. <laughs> when, when, when I, I mean, at the beginning, I thought I would uh, I would work a lot with our portfolio, but even if it's only nineteen people, I'm I'm quite busy with cherry topics, which is not bad. But I didn't expect that. So I actually thought, you know, I work with fifty founders, mm-hmm. and here, you know, things run themselves. But it doesn't matter if you're nineteen or two hundred. Topics, topics are the same. And then um, we started um, having people on, I think I said that before, we started working um, or having people on the ground in our different hubs, like in Paris, on London, on Stockholm. And this meet, uh, this meant setting up international payrolls. So uh, in like the, in the hard times, I thought I'm turning into a global mobility specialist. And this is, uh, this is something I never wanted to be. So this was quite surprising for me. So I always said I'm, I moved into HR because I don't like, you know, tax and Excel. And then I had it at my desk, which is also, you know, something you learn in a coaching training that always those topics come to you that you don't expect. Um, yeah. So this was, this was quite surprising. So I have, um, I have more like tax and, and, and law topics on, on my table than, um, I would have expected, which is which is not bad. You know, I I, I learn a lot, and um, it's also a personal challenge, yeah, you know, to overcome the 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 blockage of saying, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that's um, an interesting uh, interesting point that you make. That of course, as companies continue to hire more people remotely, then uh, there's always going to be these um, these issues of hiring people, you know, where where they're based and uh, yeah. overcoming those challenges. Definitely. Definitely. Excellent. And um, and so final question from my side. Um, yeah. uh, where do you see HR heading? What are you, what are you excited about? What are the trends that you're you've got your eye on and uh, and you're hoping will um, you know happen over the next couple of years? No. So where do I say see HR heading? I mean, HR is becoming more and more a, strate- a strategic um, business partner. Yeah. So we the we as HR professionals really moved out of the reactive HR, I do everything I'm being told, yeah. So um, HR, talent acquisition also, um, so talent acquisition, business partners, learning and development, they more and more um, sit at the table with the decision makers because um, having the right people um, in in the right jobs is, is business crucial. And um, you can, I mean, with the pandemic, you can also see that at the end, everybody's looking at HR. Yeah, it's either hiring or at the end, if it's Kurzarbeit, you know, all office is at home at Kurzarbeit and who's sitting there has to, you know, proceed all of the processes. It is, it's, it's HR. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's business crucial. And um, therefore, I, I, 
I can see there's there's a lot more coming. <laughs> and um, especially now when once the pandemic hit us, I was looking for playbooks or best practices on how to approach the new work working world or the new, you know, the new work. And there was nothing that really fit. Of course, there were, you know, companies that work, re work remote and some of them have been for a long time, like Yahoo. And I think Yahoo even moved back to uh, in the office, but I think also, was it IBM? I don't, I don't remember, but nothing really fit the, the current situation. Mm -hmm. And then it became exciting because then I talked to all the HR people within our portfolio. They had the same. And then we were really looking at each other and saying, okay, so it's us. So we now need to um, decide how we are going to continue for the next five years. So we are writing the playbooks now. And then at the beginning, it was a bit overwhelming. So where do I start? But then it also became really exciting. Excellent. Well, that's a good and good note to end on, I think. So, um, Arika, this has been really insightful. And, uh, and thank you thank very you. much for joining us. I uh, really, really appreciate you, uh, you taking the time. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of People Over Perks by Leapsum. We're available on the Leapsum YouTube channel and all major podcasting platforms so you can hit subscribe to receive each episode as it's released. We also have an email newsletter and a Slack community where you'll find great resources and discussions on how to build a high-performing, humane and diverse company culture. You can find the link in the show notes or you can head to the resources section at leapsum.com. Thanks for joining us and see you next time.